I'm Alex. And I'm Katie. And welcome to another episode of Project Weeb. Today we're going to be reviewing what you thought about Tatami Galaxy, Katie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and once again, we already know how this episode is going to go. <laughs> it's going to be one of those episodes. It's going to be one bring, of those. Bring back the old Katie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I was kind of sad to hear this because I was pretty intrigued, I would say, from what I saw. but. I am an anime lover, so maybe that's just the, you know, rose-tinted glasses speaking for me. Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. yeah, let us know. What, what, what do you think? What's, what seems to be wrong with Tatami Galaxy based off your turn? <laughs> okay, so context is, so Alex, you have not seen this uh, anime either. Yeah. So you watched it for the first time and you mm-hmm. watched, what, three episodes as well? I will let you know I actually finished it. Oh. <gasps> What? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, and I just want to wind back to our previous episode where you told me that the genre is mystery. Yep. So my first question back to you, Alex, is where is the mystery? <laughs> what? What is the mystery? So the mystery. The, so I mentioned in the mystery genre episode that there's like two types of mysteries. One is the like got to catch the culprit or whatever kind of mystery like murder type of uh, style. And then mm-hmm. the other one is kind of what the hell is going on mystery. Wow. Okay. Right. And this one fell in the what, was, what the hell what was, the going, hell on was going on mystery. Okay. Fine. Yeah. So that's definitely my first impression. So Tatami Galaxy mm-hmm. is definitely an anime that I have never seen before. And it's just so unique. It's mm-hmm. surreal. It feels like I've fallen into a dream and it just yeah. keeps looping, which I guess is something that I also figured out by like episode two or three, because the mm-hmm. first episode where I've started um, was very, uh, it didn't really have a plot. And okay. for those of you that haven't seen it before, the story is set on the background of a uni student. I believe he was studying in the Kyoto University. Yeah, some university in Kyoto. It's set in Kyoto. Set in Kyoto. And it just feels like this guy wasn't very happy with how the past couple of years were for him in his university yeah. life. So he had the chance to sort of replay that back over and over again, things that he could have done, should have done, and how his life would have panned out if those things happened. Mm-hmm. And I only kind of came to that realization at about episode two-ish where everything started repeating itself, but then in a very similar storyline to episode one. But when I was watching episode one, I didn't really understand what was happening because things were jumping from one thing to the other. And one of my biggest complaints is, and I don't think I should complain about this because a lot of the times I do think that anime could be a little bit faster. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But Tatami Galaxy, holy fucking shit. The protagonist speaks like he's on some sort of drugs. Like, I don't know. Like, it's like I've dialed the, the, you know, the button at like two times the speed and he just goes on. And I cannot take my eyes away from the screen because I got to read that subtitle just as fast. Like, yeah. did you feel that? Like, it was very, very fast. It was definitely something that came up in my mind uh, about you, the moment Thank you. I thought about me. <laughs> yeah, like the moment I started the episode and it like got into the whole thing about like where in Kyoto he is. I'm like, oh, this is like very fast, which means a lot of reading. Yeah. And yeah. if 
if you don't know Katie, I don't know why um, you wouldn't know her about this thing specifically after listening to maybe 20 episodes of us. But Katie uh, does have the, she has the habit of not fully paying attention sometimes <laughs> to stuff that like zone her out. Um, so yeah, I was, I was a bit worried that the, the speed of everything was going to throw you off. I don't know, because I haven't read the novel, whether mm. that's like something that kind of is expressed and as the character because you obviously can't have someone reading the book to you unless mm-hmm, it's an audio book mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but just the text like is it just filled with a lot of like mundane like short sentences maybe to highlight how this person thinks in very like fast tidbits or like mm-hmm. snippets if you know what I mean Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. so is that how you also heard it as well because obviously I don't understand the language I was just reading the subtitles but from how you're hearing it, it just sounds like the guy is speaking in a very unique way as well. Is that what you're saying? So the sentences are deliberately shorter? Yeah, he he does say a lot of things and there are a lot of like sentences. Whether they're shorter or not is kind of, he just machine guns like a bunch mm. of ideas, which you'd get from just hearing the Japanese, even if you don't understand it. Right. It does make me think of... You know how they speak about people that have a narrator in their head? Have you heard about this? Um, not really, no. So some people go about their lives. Apparently, it's about like somewhere around 30% of um, people in the world, they go about their lives with a narrator in their head. So someone's telling them a story as they live their life? They're basically like narrating their own story as they live their life. So when they're like, oh, I wanna, oh I'm going to pick up this glass of water and drink it. Oh. Yeah. They think, they think like that and they narrate in their own head like this. And it kind of, I don't know if this character is actually like what those people are like, but it kind of gives me that feeling. You just feel like this guy is constantly in his head, like talking about everything, you know? Mm, okay. Yeah. I don't know if it was just me, but that's what it felt like when I was watching the, the show. Sure. And so this guy, we don't know much about him except for the fact that he doesn't have a name, right? His name is just a Watashua, <laughs> which is me, like yeah. I. Yeah? He doesn't yeah. really have a name. Yeah. So I, I will let you know just because uh-huh. uh, you brought it up. He's, he doesn't ever get a name in the series. He's just called Watashi. He just oh. constantly refers to himself oh. as I. Yeah. And so the story started off with the whole him meeting this matchmaking god, right? So, and that was what you also read to me in the previous episode about Mm -hmm. this whole anime. So I thought that it was more towards sort of a romantic love story. And yes, we do get a bit of that. Uh, So the main character is this protagonist. Then he has a, I wouldn't, I don't know, should I call it a best friend or a friend? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> or a guy who is mm-hmm. called Ozu. And then yep. the other main character is a very pretty girl called um, Akashi, Akashi-san. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so there's the three of them and they come into the episode every single time playing a similar yet different role in his life. So yeah. what we find is that he keeps going back to university but joining a different club every single time. Yeah, he's kind of like reliving it. He's reliving his time. life, yes. And so yeah. in the first episode, when he was meeting the love-matching god for the first time, I thought that was the main storyline. But the love-making god didn't really come out. I don't really understand 
what happened there. <laughs> like, did he give the special ability to roll back in time? I, maybe I didn't catch that. But yeah, I found that a bit weird. Why is this god here? Yeah, the god, he appears in other episodes as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he became like just, just this neighbor. Like he, he's not really a god anymore. He just comes out and just like make, makes a fool out of himself and then he just leaves. Ah, uh, yeah, it kind of seems like a whimsical kind of person. The, yeah. But there are whimsical gods like that as well, you know, in, in myth and whatnot. So it's kind of hard to gauge what he really is in the beginning, mm. is what I guess I'll say. Right. It's, but I think the story itself is supposed to be very kind of abstract, kind of like psychedelic, like gets like a mind fuck kind of thing. You just mm. really don't know what's going on the whole time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't know what was going like, on the yeah. whole time. I did not. <laughs> yeah, that's and I what, didn't even realize. Like. So that's why like only after the second episode, so the first episode is um, the first thing that he tried was a tennis club. So this guy was just like, oh, you know, like my university life could be better if I joined the tennis club. And then- yeah. I really like the anime's style, I guess, because it's so unique. It's almost like it's yeah. drawn, like hand-drawn. And then when mm-hmm. they talk about the tennis for, um, tennis matches as well, it's just this other type of artwork. I don't know how to describe it, but it just has like very monotone colors and very simplistic drawings. Yeah, um, almost like cutouts, basically. Yeah, like, like they, cutouts, yes. They got like colored paper and did like cutouts of the characters and then they kind of like put on a show with it. Yeah. But yeah, the yeah. art style is very unique. I, I liked it. I liked how they did like expressions and like like weird perspectives because of the art style, I guess, mm. is something else that really stood out to me as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was good. But then I think the whole tennis match thing was really confusing because again I was like, what is the storyline? Like what what's with all the cutouts with the with the tennis? And then with the second episode, I kind of got it a little bit more because the second episode is about him joining the film club, like the movies club, and the same storyline repeated itself. So him, yeah. he will join the club. He will meet his friend Ozu, who is like a cure guy. Uh, what? <laughs> uh, basically a monster. Oh, you mean a yokai? Yokai, yeah, he's like a yokai, like a. Well, he calls it. He calls him a yokai because, because he, he looks says, like a. He has sharp. He, he looks like one, and he's like despicable and every like he's ba- he's kind of someone that you would think of as like an imp or yes. like a demon in in our um culture, I guess. Mm. And yeah, it always goes through once again the story of him meeting that guy, and then also before that, him just trying to like be sociable in the club and it just never works out for him he tries his best to do to show off himself to make friends and then he fails and ozu's like don't worry about it yeah <laughs> i got you come come, uh, I'm come, come with me lives. come with me yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so that's always the story as well. and akashi comes to light and she's always nice she's always this i don't know like would you say feisty like a very with a girl with a very strong personality and I very think, strong, yeah, <laughs> yeah, very strong. And our main character also is in love with her and tries to ask her out. But I think in every episode he kind of fails. Hey, yeah, I think the first episode is when he fails at the at the like fire viewing thing. Mm-mm-mm. Um, I don't know. I actually I'm blanking on what it's called in Japanese. But there's basically this festival in Kyoto where they do these controlled fires on these like hills that have forests on them mm. and they burn words out 
or like pictures out and you just kind of view it. It's kind of like a tradition thing. I, I don't know how long they've been doing it for, but that's pretty cool. He, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I think they do it in the summer only. So you have, to, if you want to see it, you have to go in June, July, Augustish. But he's been told to. The first time he was told to confess to that girl on that bridge where they view the fire and he just doesn't do it. Mm-mm-mm. And then also gets chased by all these people. They're like, how dare you portray me? And it's like all these random characters. I don't know if you remember that. Mm, I know Ozu turned into a girl. Yeah, he was dressing up. dressed up in drag for, for yeah, some reason. Yeah, I don't know. It's just so weird, guys. Honestly, like this thing, this anime is very weird. Like that's, <laughs> yeah, that's my feedback. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. And that was today's episode, guys. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in a bit of a weird mood and you want to see something that doesn't really make sense, uh, go watch this episode. I'll do, go watch this anime. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's lighthearted. Like there's definitely elements of comedy. Um, the dialogue I find is very funny. Mm, that, that's There's true. moments where I, you know, chortled. I was like, ah, that's funny. You and there what? are <laughs> chortled. Do you know that word? Is that a word? Chortle? Yeah. <laughs> to like, it's different to chuckle, yeah? It's different. You can what's, what's... Google that. It, it just means laugh out loud. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know that. Good to know. Oh, there you right. go. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds a bit weird, hey? Yeah, I think it's an actual word, but uh, maybe it's like a word used in like the 1950s. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I've never heard anyone use chortle before. But cool, good to know. Anyway, mm, go on. Mm, mm. Oh, no, I just, yeah, you know, it's funny. It's lighthearted. Um, mm-hmm. I think I especially enjoyed the second episode just because... Yeah, because there is actually an antagonist in this one, like a very mean guy who's way over his head. The guy running the movie club, yeah. Yeah, the guy running the movie club who's always the superstar and then the protagonist tries to bring him down. So they go into his home and then Mm -hmm. uh, expose the the worst aspect. For example, he has (laughs) a human-sized doll. Yeah, human sex doll that he loves. Hey, is, hey, no huh? no judgment, no judgment. But I feel like this is actually a fetish that is quite common in Japan. Okay. Don't you think? Yeah. Uh, in Japan specifically, maybe, I guess. I'm actually not too sure. I don't, I, I know of the, like the sex dolls and whatnot, but I don't know how big it is in Japan. Okay. Do you know how I know? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so I was in Japan and then I was going through some magazines and I saw that there's a magazine that is specifically designed to cater for people with this kind of fetish. So the entire magazine was just, I don't know, like men, like humans, yeah, Uh and then dolls. So there would be like... You know, they will be sitting at a bus stop waiting for the bus together. They'll be having dinner. They'll be like, how do you take care of your doll? Like things that you could do with your doll. I uh, okay. found a magazine about that. Um, first off, where, where the hell in Japan? <laughs> <laughs> it was not a sex shop. It was actually just one of the like knickknack stores. Just stuff with a lot of, yeah, yeah, it's just one of those stores where there's a lot of things like, a you know, like a variety of different things like, uh, I don't know, just like clothes, toys, um, books, 
Oh, okay. Yeah, like kind of like a hundred yen shop, but not hundred yen. Just like a bunch of yeah variety of things. And okay. there's the magazine section, and then I took a photo of that, and oh. I have it in my phone. I'll show you next time, but it exists. <laughs> Another okay. type of magazine that I was like absolutely fascinated by, um, and this was in Australia. So I went to Kinakunia. Okay. And there is literally a magazine of girls holding cats. But get this, these are like girls with like pretty much half their breast exposed holding a cat. So you don't see the face. You just see breasts and then you see cats. And it's an entire magazine of breasts and cats. How fucking awesome is that? <laughs> like, <laughs> who came up with that? That it's is a genius idea. It's genius. It's just like whoa, like boobs, and then like oh my god, kittens. Yeah, if you're like a cat guy or a cat girl that's like a lesbian or or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. There's like no loss. There's no reason to not buy this book. I know, right? <laughs> I know, right? So I just I have to say it's it's great because I think that. The society is very open. <laughs> you could almost find a magazine with with any topic. Because <laughs> uh, you brought it up, I do remember when I was in Japan, I saw uh, another book, a uh, photo, a book with like a lot of photos in it of women obviously dressed scannedly, like in bikinis or whatnot, and posing very suggestively. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, in every single shot, there was a doorknob. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> a doorknob? But In like the scene how about well. okay, is it the whole door or is it just a knob? Sometimes it would be close-ups of just the like maybe the girl's face right next to the doorknob. Wow. Um and sometimes it would be a bit further, but it, it was it was definitely more focused on the doorknob than the door. I could tell. And then obviously the girl doing, the, the models doing whatever they do. But is it is it PG? Like you can still, there's no like actual boobs or anything like that, right? It's just wearing very light clothes. Oh, yeah. Private parts are always covered up. Okay, um, okay, okay. Like oh, true. It's illegal. Could, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, like they got very close. Sometimes like you, they're like probably on the border sometimes. Um, like a Band-Aid or something. <laughs> what? Wow. And then doorknobs. Seriously. And but doorknobs. Why? But why? That's such a weird thing. I don't understand. So it's really, because I know that, you know how there's people that they have like sexual attractions to buildings oh. or like they get cars. For some reason, I can understand, I can slightly understand maybe buildings or like trains or kind of, but when I just see doorknobs, mm. it feels too specific you know <laughs> yeah and like okay so not because... that i'm doubting anyone's out there but it's just so insane <laughs> and it's like it's a magazine for men because obviously there's girls there posing in front of door all women all women but like you know i yeah i don't know i, don't, I mean I don't, I don't know if lesbians <gasps> or people that are like women that are into females buy those type of books Mm-mm-mm. but the fact that they're attracted to them i think it's a kind of safe assumption to say at least that they would be interested in it yeah that's a safe assumption yeah i i don't know about doorknobs i still <laughs> fucking hell that's not, not the doorknobs not the doorknobs i, know, the girls. I, know. I mean the girls <laughs> i'm sorry i'm still thinking about the doorknobs like i just don't understand why doorknobs 
Okay, if you were to pick an object that you may develop sexual attraction to and you can make this as, like, bizarre as possible, what do you reckon it will be? Um, clothes hangers. Mm, yep, yep, yep. Clothes hangers. I think yeah, clothes yeah, yeah. hangers have kind of fit in the same category. Like, there's lots of different types of clothes hangers, mm, different mm, materials. Yep, yep, yep. Um... Yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> you know what? There might be a bunch of people out there that go, hmm, yeah, clothes hangers. Mm, I can't they see them be. the same again. Yeah. I mean, there is the whole other side of coat hangers being used incorrectly, but let's... True, um, true, true. Okay. <laughs> talk about that. So if you think we digress with our conversation, <laughs> that's pretty much how you're going to feel when you watch Tell Me a Galaxy. <laughs> Oh, I mean, hey, we haven't even talked about episode three yet. Okay. All right. So, so, anyways, it's the same storyline with episode three, but uh, it starts off a bit sad. So, the protagonist, he joined the cycling club this time. And yeah. so, he struggled a lot and he said, look, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to spend all my money, the money that he, you know, worked so hard uh, making. Over yeah, over the two years and bought this awesome bike just to yeah. get it taken away from him. Because he parked in the wrong spot. Yes, that is correct. That, um, that happens a lot in Japan. So they just take the bikes away? Yeah, there's this whole thing in Japan. Okay, oh. Another side tangent. There's this whole like, economy in Japan about used bikes. So in Japan, you, everyone uses bikes, which is pretty standard in a lot of Asian countries mm-hmm. to get around. And then you just you get somewhere and you park your bike, but you can't park your bike in every single place because you don't want to like block roads or whatnot. Mm-hmm. There's signs and everything. Fair. And if you park your bike in the wrong place, uh, your bike is just gone. They get, it's taken away. And the way you know that your bike has been taken, you will find a sticker on the ground. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it says, not really a license number plate, but something similar to it, the bike number and when it was taken. So the bike gets taken to this like impound for bikes. Mm. And if you want to come and get it back, it costs like... More than the bike. It costs more to get that bike than buying a new secondhand bike. Oh. So, so no, almost no why. one goes to get the bike. Yeah. That's why he never got back the bike. Because I was actually was going to ask you, like, how come he just let it go? Because it's so expensive. Well, in this case, it would cost more to... I mean, he's losing out a lot of money because that's a racing bike and they're fucking expensive as hell, like yeah. a few hundred bucks. Whereas mm-hmm. the bikes I'm talking about are like just standard everyday bikes that cost like maybe 20 to like $40. Mm-hmm. So he should have gone back and got it. But there was the whole... The, I don't know what the actual reasoning behind it, but they talked about like some organization that specifically like rounded up bikes and whatnot. And they kind of played off the, the whole this whole economy thing of secondhand bikes because... No one picks up the secondhand bikes that impound yet in Japan. Mm. So what happens to all these bikes? They get bought by bicycle stores and then they get sold cheaper to the people. But then they're obviously getting it for cheap from like the bike impound. So there's this whole like economy of just like secondhand bikes going around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. So they are taking a little stab at the society for for something like this happening. I think it's a little playful like dig at it. Um, which is why, yeah, there's there's this whole like society of bike rounder uppers, I guess is the word. I don't know what the word like bike confiscators, I guess. 
The moment your bike's not parked properly, they take it. Um, it's a bit of an exaggeration, but it is what happens in Japan. So after watching all episodes, you said you finished the whole series? Yeah, that's correct. Then what is the actual message? Because I don't really understand because, I mean, he keeps going back. He keeps trying to live his life. Do we get to a somewhat ending at the very end? Uh, yes. Yeah, we do. Okay. It gets very weird. Like, it gets even oh, weirder than what you've seen so far. Even weirder. Okay. How is that possible? Yeah, right. it, it goes super weird at mm-hmm. one point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's kind of hard to explain, even after watching everything. There are videos on YouTube that say this series is like a masterpiece and it's very mm-hmm. profound. Mm-hmm. And the message it's trying to tell is also like weirdly abstract as well. Mm-mm. There is an ultimate goal at the end that you can tell the cli- uh, the not the client, sorry, the character <laughs> is trying to like get to, like a very simple one, but then the, like, all this other weird like abstract stuff that's happening. I think it's kind of... Uh, so I was a bit worried about you watching this series when we were talking last episode because you mentioned how you don't like time stuff and space stuff and like parallel, mm. parallel world stuff. Mm. And this this is kind of like a parallel world. He's like living the same like point in life, but just yeah. doing different options. Like yep. he's choosing a different thing every single time. Mm-hmm. And it's showing how even though he chooses something else, he ultimately always ends up at the same place. True. And I think that's kind of like... The message. The message or like a, something like Cosmic Destiny. Mm-mm. You know how like the the universe has like everything set out kind yeah. of train of thought? Until he chooses this one thing which eventually ends the series. Oh, okay. Gotcha. All right. And I think it, it ends up becoming like it's parallel worlds but not actually parallel worlds. And he's kind of like thinking in his head that he'll be happy if he makes all these decisions. But he never – like he does them and he doesn't end up happy because he doesn't end up doing this one thing that would actually make him happy. And then he comes oh. to terms with that. And the thing just kind of wraps itself up. But it's Ooh. it gets really weird, though. Okay, okay. Well, I'm glad I uh, didn't get to the end and get to the really weird shit about the parallel universe. <laughs> but, yeah, so um, my ultimate feedback is that I did enjoy you introducing this anime to my sweep of collections that I've watched so far. Yeah. I think it's different. I think that I've tried mm-hmm. something new. I think this was very creative. Yeah. And uh, I didn't like it that much. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever watched anything like as abstract, I guess, in the in what it's trying to tell in its story? No. Or like read anything like this? No? No, I don't think so. I definitely have seen movies where things loop, but it's always, you know, I'm trying to solve something. Just like how um the first anime that I've ever seen erased, things yeah. loop because yeah, yeah. there's a mystery need that needs to be solved. Yeah. But this one, not so much. That's strange. Mm. I think this one, it was kind of like, what is the mystery? Mm. Was the mystery? Yeah, so trying to it, figure it's out. It's kind of like mm. meta and like mystery genre. It's trying to like kind of play off what a mystery is because it's basically asking like what is the mystery Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. to begin with. I think maybe if it was in a book form, I would have enjoyed it more. I find well, I mean, there biggest, is a book. Yeah, maybe I will have a look at it because I find my biggest struggle with anime is really the language barrier because, mm. yeah, I tend to not get it because it like they speak really fast or if I'm reading the subtitles, I 
like I said, lack of attention span, but um, sometimes I don't really focus on it as much. Um, yeah, there. Um, yeah. I can't remember if there was an English dub for this. I don't think Did so. I think English it was dub? just nah, no, it was just English. Uh, oh, sorry, it was just Japanese. Okay, because yeah, I'm wondering what a dub of this would sound like. <laughs> um, it was too hard. You no know? one tried to attempt doing that. They just talked yeah. too fast. I think the way that they, because they mention a lot of stuff that is like culturally significant and uh-huh. like hard to translate because there's just stuff that it's hard to translate without like knowledge of the culture. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And usually when they're speaking like in slower types of animes or whatnot, it's easier to maybe like somehow explain that a bit better or you change it into a joke that makes sense in English. Mm-mm-mm. But then when everything, like every second of this, like like a 24 minute episode is like 95% speaking, mm. you just have no leeway to like kind of shift stuff. True, and unless true. someone's like really, really nuanced in, in how to kind of convey and translate what the character's saying, it's mm-hmm. I think it'd be a really hard job to do. But yeah, as someone that could understand Japanese, there it was very like it had very clever wordplay. Mm. And yeah, I just think it's hard to appreciate that without obviously the knowledge of Japanese. Mm-mm-mm. So is the recommendation if you're Japanese, go watch it. But if you're not, stay away. <laughs> but even if you know Japanese, it's still it's still kind of hard to recommend because it's very it's very meta. It's very. I think that the author was trying to be very profound in mm. like the story and very like unique and creative and how they they kind of laid everything out. Mm-hmm. And you know, some people just don't like that stuff. They prefer stuff to be just more straightforward mm. and easier to follow. Whereas this is like getting in your head. This is like a mindfuck kind of thing. Yeah, which is why I feel like it might be best suited as a book or even a movie. But um, yeah, anyways, it's different, but that's what it is, right? Like I think we need to be, I need to be more accepting of different types of anime as well because it's very, yeah, it needs to be, um, I, I need to open up my mind as well a little bit on that. Hey, I mean, the fact that you're willing to try out these tiles is speaking a lot already. And, you know, maybe because you mentioned a movie, a movie for this, for the same author. I don't know if it's the same series, but the same author has created or has a movie adapted. Mm-mm-mm. And the art style is the same as well. Mm, okay. So the only thing that's different is the actual story. Mm. Um, maybe you'll follow that easier. I don't know. I haven't watched the movie either, but mm-hmm. I, I found out while I was watching this. Oh, I see. I see. So, uh, yeah, I guess you wouldn't continue watching this series and you didn't like it that much because it was a bit confusing, though I think it speaks more about the language barrier than the actual story itself. Mm-mm-mm. But uh, that's good to know. However, mm-hmm. it's time for assignment time. Oh, this is going to be hard. I do wonder if you'll, you'll be paying attention or if you did pay attention during the, the three episodes that we watched. Mm-hmm. But let's start off with question number one. Mm-hmm. So, in each of the episodes, I believe after he has like a crap day at school and he gets home, mm. there is a dessert waiting for him at home. Oh, yep. And I was wondering if you know what type of what the what the dessert was. It was a cake. Yeah, but Castella cake. Oh, very nice. Okay, that that was it. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I, I don't know if people know what, like, a Costello cake is. Mm. So this is why it was the first question that came up. 
Mm. Uh, so you know what a Costello cake is, I, I guess. I actually, because um, I, I think what I did was he mentioned Costello, Costello. He didn't actually say it was a cake before. And then I heard that. Mm-hmm. I heard him say that word and I actually mm-hmm. looked it up on oh, okay. the internet because I was like, what is he referring to? And then when it came out to be Costello cake, that actually clicked for me. I was like, oh, I've seen this before. It's like this typical yeah. sponge cake that is very mm-hmm. popular in Japan. And I'm pretty sure it's also like it's international as well. Yes, that's correct. So mm. the Costello cake for a little bit of a Japanese history fact here. Mm. The Casella cake was actually originally largely influenced from Portugal. Oh. And it was when Portuguese sailors arrived in Japan, specifically Nagasaki, because mm-hmm. it was the southern tip of the, the like continent. Mm-hmm. So it was easier for people from like Europe and whatnot to get there or Asia. And that was a major trading port. So then, yeah, Castella is very well known around that area. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but its roots come from a Portuguese just cake. With mm. eggs and like sugar bits at the bottom mm. is what I know. Have you had one before? Uh, a lot. My mum really loves Castella. Oh. So uh, we ate a lot of Castella in Japan. <laughs> oh, really? So if I wanted to buy one, where would I go? Ooh, uh, so I would recommend, if you're willing to spend a bit, I would recommend going to the department stores, like the high-end department stores to buy yep. Castella cake there. Oh, okay. Or you can go to specific like bakeries that are popular for Castellas. Ooh, okay. It's a it's not overly sweet, mm. and there's no icing, so mm-hmm. it's a bit different to like no. It's just, it's literally just a sponge cake, and I love that. Oh, you do? Okay, then you yeah. might you might really I don't like this. Like it's icing. very. Oh, really? Then this mm. is perfect for you. It's very, it's light, but still very like flavorsome. And mm-hmm. they, depending on the store, they put sugar bits at the bottom. So it gives it like a nice little difference in texture when you bite into it. Mm. Um, and you don't feel that have you don't feel like that bloated or like over sugarized when you, when you eat it. So it's definitely something that seems like you might enjoy. Nice. Okay. Sounds good. So I get full points for this one. I will give you four points for that because hey. you, you actually had the name for Costello as well, which is great. <laughs> awesome. Excellent. So question number two. Uh, this is specifically in relation to episode two. Mm-hmm. So when Watashi joins the film club, he initially helps out with the rest of the crew and like the movies they take, but he kind of like hates what's happening and how like there's such a authoritative like structure to the crew. Or the club. Yeah. And he decides to like break off and make his own movies. One of the movies being the like the backstory and or the exposing of the head guy of the film club, Jogasaki. Mm-hmm. But before he makes that movie, he makes three movies. Oh shit. As well. Three like independent. And I was wondering if you could just give us the basic idea of what the three movies were about. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I don't know. You don't remember he, at all? He made three movies? No, not really. I think it was something that, like, um, I think, okay, so I, I remember he did make some movies, and I remember Akashi going, I like your original movies better. Yeah, compared to the exposing one, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I do remember that. But then I don't remember the content of the three movies he made, but I'm guessing it's something mm. that is, you know, uplifting or something that's, like, um, better for the society. So maybe something like a 
everyone check out the environment and what we can do to protect that. So I think it's just something that has a positive message. Hmm. For all three movies? It would be one for the environment, one for animals, and one to tell people to study hard. (laughs) Uh, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, I'm so good at making shit up. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you are. Unfortunately, they are incorrect. So the three movies, the first movie was about these two college students who were having a prank war that went on for years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The second movie was a romance movie about a man who had to choose between three different types of women. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the last movie was about a guy stuck in a 4.5 tatami room and he was trying to escape. Oh, what the hell? Tatami. Tatami room. Tatami mm-hmm. galaxy. Yep. Hmm, interesting. So I guess that doesn't trigger any memories at all? Uh, no, negative. <laughs> Have you been paying uh, attention? No. <laughs> <laughs> the, I'll let you on the cool little tidbit here as well because I don't think you'll ever watch this series. Um, this might be a bit of a spoiler for people that want to check out the series or are designed to watch the entire series. So maybe just skip ahead if you're sensitive to that type of thing. But the three movies, one about prank war, one about choosing between three women, and one about being stuck in a 4.5 tatami mat. Later on, there are episodes about each of those movies as well. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. Actually, choosing between three women turns into three episodes because it goes down a path for each of the three women as well. I thought this is like only, what, 20 episodes for, for this anime? Uh, it's only, I think it's only 12. Oh, what the hell? And then the choosing between three women turns out to be like three episodes. Yeah, it was really weird. <laughs> I didn't know what the hell was going on at first. <laughs> okay, well, zero points for this one, I guess. Uh, I'll give you two. <laughs> fair, fair. Because you came up with different types of ethical stuff and the fact that it was an ethical, like, overarching theme. I'll give you I'll give you that. Yeah, and the fact that I could remember that Akashi actually liked the original films better. So I did I did remember something. Yeah, she liked those three films for some reason. But yeah, that's um that's Tatami Galaxy, I guess. Mm. Very interesting talk we had. It was very it was so abstract that we couldn't really talk about it as well, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were both like, have you seen it? Have you seen it? Okay, cool, cool. Right. Yeah, <laughs> we, we didn't say anything much except I was it like, is... "It's very fast." <laughs> yeah, very fast, very, very unique. Very, it's a very strange, quirky anime, I would say. Mm, and I think it's one of those anime where if you love it, you love it; otherwise, you'll hate it. Yeah, um, but yeah, very. It's something that can only be done in anime, like this art style and the weird, like way that they try to like portray everything. Definitely. Yeah. It's definitely something to watch if you're if you're into weird stuff, I would say. <laughs> so that is a wrap for Tatami Galaxy. That's correct. Oh, actually, sorry, I forgot to give you your EXP. Uh, I will give you 30 EXP for that. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone know how Alex is taking count? Because I don't. Because like, nobody knows what's going on. I just no go, worry, I've got like five calculators in front of me. That's how I'm calculating it right now. <laughs> You've got this like macro driven Excel that's helping you. (laughs) I spit out numbers and, you know. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's definitely all 100% backed by numbers. Yeah. The listeners don't need to worry. There's stuff going on in the background. That's how we roll. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for listening, guys. And I uh, hope you enjoy this episode. And hopefully we'll see you back in the next episode where we get to pick another genre for me to watch. All right. See you guys next week. Bye for now. Jane. Jane. However, in every single shot there was a doorknob <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I'm sorry what <laughs>